So, you know, last night was fallback, right? How many of you guys forgot that it was fallback? Yeah, okay, yeah. Because, you know, we used to, like, post, and everyone would, would remind you because before, like, the Internet of Things, and you'd have to, like, actually put your stuff back. Now, when you get home, you'll have to change the, you know, your microwave and your oven and all that kind of stuff. You'll have to do all that, which is kind of a pain in the butt. But in your car, right? So how many of you guys realize it was fallback when you looked at your car clock this morning? That's when it kind of hit you? Yeah, okay. How many of you guys knew it was fallback, but in an honest moment, you're going, I'm going to still go to bed at the right time. I'm going to get an extra hour of sleep. Anybody? Okay. How many of you guys, you know where this is going? How many of you guys are going, I'm getting an extra hour of sleep. So that means I can stay up an hour later tonight. One more episode. Yeah, okay, yeah, you know, you're honest, that's, that's kind of what we did uh, last night, but you know, safe place, safe place, guys. Uh, hey, so we're in a, uh, the home stretch of a series going through the book of Proverbs, we're talking about a life uh, well lived, and so uh, a life well lived for us is not necessarily a life that checks all the boxes, uh, a life that uh, is focused on impressing people that don't really know you, right, spending money you don't have to impress people you don't really know, that's not really a life well lived as we define it, a life well lived for us is a life that's faithful to God, right, a life that, uh, that makes a difference in this world, a life that makes ripples, that creates ripples that will be felt long after you and I are uh, our plant food, right, that's what we want to create, not what's going to make a difference a year from now or 10 years from now, but what's going to make a difference a thousand years from now, a hundred years from now, that's what, that's what we want to create. That's what we, we consider a life well lived. And so today, we're going to talk about something that's central to the culture here at Voice. Before we talk about that, I want to talk about the why. So I think the, to understand uh, the why behind something gives it more uh, power. So what we believe here is that God is doing something special. Uh, I, I talked to too many uh, friends uh, who are church planters uh, that have planted around the nation and... Um, throughout the last couple years, have had to close their doors and for a variety of reasons. And so um, just super grateful, super grateful that God is doing something special here and that we continue to exist. And any of you guys that have friends that uh, are planting a church or even in ministry in any way, shape, or form, uh, know this firsthand. Uh, if you know someone pastoring, other than, you know, those of us here at Voice Church, maybe text them even right now. How you doing? How you doing? Right? It's probably been a pretty challenging couple years um, unfortunately, I've had a couple friends that their marriages have fallen apart, actually, as a result of the pressure of uh, planting in this season. And by God's grace, for whatever reason, I don't think we're better than anybody else. We're now qualifi- more qualified. Some of my friends that uh, they've had to shut their doors are actually, I believe, way more uh, just better people than me, uh, just better humans, better followers of Jesus than me. And I'm like, God, why? Like, that makes zero uh, sense. And so, yeah, all that to say, God's doing something special, and it's not for us to ask why, uh, it's for us to be faithful. It's for us to be faithful with what God has given us, and for us to understand that you play a valuable role. And I don't know if you realize this, but you're invaluable. You are invaluable. And I think sometimes that our, our own voices, our own heads, or voices people tell us, or when we compare ourselves to people, especially if you're on social media in any way, shape, or form, it's easy to compare and go, man, I'm less than right, or I, I don't, I'm not pursuing God like them, or I'm not pursuing God like I used to, or I'm not pursuing God like I want to be, or I'm, there's all these, there's such a big gap between who I am and who I want to be, and so I'm not, I'm not anyone that God can use, but man, you are valuable just because the way you are. When God, or when people ask Jesus what God was like in Luke chapter 15, he talks about three stories. He talks about a, a woman who lost a coin. He talks about a uh, 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 why can't I think of this? Like, oh, the, 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 the guy who had 100 sheep, 
and loses one. Then he talks about the, the dad who had two sons, right? And the whole idea is that God really cares about every single one. The, the person didn't go, I have 100 coins, lost one, big whoop, still got 99, right? Like, true story, like, if I was ever uh, rich, we are talking last night, a few of us, about, like, the, the lottery right now, and it's, like, $1.6 billion or something like that. And we're talking about how that's not, like, life-changing money. That's, like, life-ruining money. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> but if I was ever rich for some reason, uh, uh, the, the, the splurge I would make day one is I would never wear the same pair of socks twice. Does anybody? Like, they're so squishy when you first get them, maybe twice, right? But then that is it. I'd wash them and donate them to somebody who has less fortunate feet. You know, it's like, oh, you wear your shoes or your socks multiple times. So anyways, that's what I would do. But here's the thing. If I had 100 pairs of socks and I lost one, big whoop, right? But that's not how God looks at this. You know, we used to foster uh, a couple of boys, incredible boys. We had four kids uh, at the time. And if we went on vacation and we came back with one less, uh, it would matter. You know what I mean? Like, it would just matter. It, it wouldn't be like, well, you know, it's about, it's about quality, not quantity. Right? We still got a few good ones right? Like you, you would never do that. It's the same way. Like you got to realize that that's how God looks at you. That's how God looks at you. You're not an extra. You're not a spare part. You're not a, well, you're not as good as that person, right? You're just as valuable as anybody else. And anybody you'll ever meet is someone that Jesus died for. Anybody you'll ever meet is just as important as you, whether they agree with you on things or they disagree, whether they're kind or they're not, no matter what they are, just because they're human, they matter just as much as you and just as much as me. And how crazy would it be if we came back on vacation and we lost one of our kids for some reason? And I was like, hey, can you guys help me find my kids? We're going to put a, do a search party and search, you know, the whole city, try to find uh, the kid. And you were like, yeah, I would. It's not a good time right now because uh, this new TV show just came out. They just dumped the whole season, right? Or I'm redecorating my kitchen. I, it's just not a good, maybe later, maybe, you know, keep asking. F- circle back in six months. Right? How crazy would that be? I mean, I mean, all of us would go, man, drop whatever you're doing. Help me find my kid. What's so wild is for all of us that, have, that are, 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 are following Christ, we've been saved from a lot of stuff, haven't we? We've been saved from sin. We've been saved from purposeless living. When I think about who I was, uh, I, I recently spoke at a friend's church in, in, the, in the Midwest, and, and uh, an old friend from high school, she came running up. She's like, do you remember me? And it was a long conversation. She was, we hung out together, uh, and it was a different life and who we hung out with and what we did with our group of friends back then, different life. And she just, I remember she just goes, we can't believe that you're still a Christian, let alone a pastor. It's like, I know, I know. And then she was like, it's like the big cosmic joke. And then the fact that she became a believer later and is now serving the Lord and got baptized and is a key like, board member at that church is just hilarious. It's hilarious to me, but we've been saved from a lot of different things, right? We've been saved from materialism, saved from pride, saved from unforgiveness, saved from living a life that's all about you, right? We've been saved from that stuff, but you know what? You've, not only have you been saved from something, you've been saved for something, haven't you? God wants to make a difference through you, and there's this, there's this theme throughout um, the book of Proverbs that we're going to talk about today in light of that, that God wants something for you, and a lot of that comes through hard work and sacrifice. And there's this theme of, of kind of a sluggard, laziness, and work ethic in Scripture, in Proverbs specifically. In Proverbs 13, chapter 4, it says this, the slacker, slacker, I, I, I can hear my dad's voice, the slacker 
uh, soul craves. My, I think my mom, on, we used to, no one slept over at my house uh, growing up because even in the summer, I'd have to wake up normal time uh, throughout the uh, Monday through Friday to do school at home. Not homeschool, uh, but due to like math, uh, you know, multiple choice questions and like uh, language stuff, right? And on Saturdays during the school year uh, was the same kind of deal. So no one wanted to spend the night at my house because no one was sleeping in. And so my mom every morning, I hear slacker, my, I picture my mom coming in, she would wake me up once or like, Tell me, hey, Taka, time to wake up. Not yelling, just, hey, Taka, time to wake up. And if that didn't work, cold water dumped on my head. It was a really, you know, uh, uplifting household, uh, really encouraging, cuddled a lot. So anyways, the slacker, the slacker, if you're like going, that's why Taka is the way he is. Yeah, I've come a long way. So anyway, slacker, the slacker's soul craves. The slacker's soul craves. There's so much stuff that the slacker's soul wants. The slacker's soul is always going, I'm bored, I'm going to go on Amazon. Tell me what I want, Amazon, right? Walks through the mall, walks through Home Depot, and is like, I don't think I want anything, but I need you to show me what I want. Waiting for the next Apple keynote, that's a little close to home, and going, Apple, tell me the things I didn't realize that I needed, right? I need, I need to crave something. The slacker's soul craves, but the diligent soul will be satisfied. I love other translations. A lot of the translations say that the, like, a hardworking soul will be made fat, but, like, in a good way, like, chubby, like, in a good way, you know what I mean? So the other soul will be, will be satisfied that if you work hard, it's not enough just to crave. Some of us, the reason why we have financial issues, to be honest, is it's, 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 not, a, it's not a math issue, right? It's not that we're going, well, I don't know how numbers work. That's not the issue. It's that we can't put our cravings in check. Right? We go, I want that, so I should get that because I want it. Right? I crave it, so I should be able to have it. Right? Because they have it, so why can't I have it? Well, I can have it because a firm says I can make monthly payments. And if I can afford monthly payments, that means I can afford it. That's kind of the opposite. Right? And if you can afford monthly payments, it means you literally cannot afford it, which is why you need to make monthly payments. Anyways, so the slacker soul craves, but the diligent soul will be satisfied. And what the writer is talking about here is it doesn't say the diligent person. Pretty much every translation says the word soul. What it's saying is there's something internal going on. It's not an external thing, but there's something intrinsic, internal, eternal about hard work. And you know this, right? Like, you know when you uh, have, like, a, a project at work that you take past the finish line or when you have a, even a yard project, right? Especially those of you guys that you can't just chill like me. And so, like, on, on my days off, I'm doing yard work. And I, I actually find joy in that because I like looking at the lawn and going, look at how nice that mulch looks, right? Look at that lawn. It's going to be great once the grass grows in, right? The sense of pride. I feel it in my soul, Right? It's not even like, I don't care. Trust me, I'm not getting any pressure from my neighbors uh, to like make our lawns look good, right? It's, it's intrinsic. I just, if I, was by, if I lived by myself in the middle of nowhere, I would still, because there's something internal, right? You felt that sense of accomplishment, the sense of satisfaction, Proverbs talks about. But then it goes on. Proverbs talks about not just hard work, but hard work for things that matter, right? There's this idea, you ever heard this idea of misplaced precision? misplaced precision, that you're very accurate about something, hard work, diligent, and you nail the target on something that doesn't matter, <laughs> right? It's like that old, that old saying where it's like there's like no failure greater than climbing up the ladder of success only to find that you're leaning on the wrong building, 
right? Like it's that whole, it's, it's that whole idea. So here's what Proverbs says in Proverbs 12, chapter 11. It says, he who tills the land will have plenty of bread. Makes sense. But he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. That's the kind translation. You, you know, the original language in, in modern translation would say stupid, right? <laughs> Lacking intelligence, right? The, pers- the person who pursues, works hard, focused, laser-like, rise and grind, doing the work, putting in the effort on pointless things, lacks sense. Not the sharpest knife in the drawer, right? This is what the Bible is encouraging with us, or cur- encouraging us with this morning. And see, I think, now think about this week, I, I don't think that what keeps us from being active on things that matter, I don't think it's laziness. When I think about the people that I, I, I the stories that I know in this room, you're not lazy, right? Unless I don't know you uh, very well, which is possible, right? But I, I think it comes from a, a lie from the enemy. I think the lie that the enemy tells us, especially when it comes to engagement with like a, a church family, is that, hey, if I wasn't here, it wouldn't make that much of a difference. Whether I serve, whether I don't, whether I be a part of it, whether I'm not, whether I engage in any way, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. And my goal today is to put a case together to help you realize that you are incredibly invaluable to what God is doing here. And I can't imagine, like in our, our, our nuclear family, I can't imagine Life without any member of our family. Even in moments, and you know this, I mean, for your own family, even in moments where that person's really annoying. You know what I mean? And sometimes that person is me. But even in those moments, you go, but the, the family wouldn't be the same without them. Right? And it's the same way with the church family. When I think about you guys, I couldn't imagine voice without you a part of it. I think about friends that, are, that watch online. When I think about like Ben and Cindy that watch online that are in London right now, right? When I think about Gabe and Marissa that are in Atlanta right now, they, they are not part of the gathering here anymore, but they're still part of our church family. And when they said, hey, we're, we're moving, ugh, it's not about like, your neighbor. It's family moving right? It's like, hey, can you still come over for Thanksgiving, like he's st- for major events, right? I want to I show you what, uh, what it looks like uh, for someone to, to go all in. If you want to put that picture up there. This, uh, I love this picture, uh, and the reason why is this is the last group that came through Engage. Engage is the, the uh, it's like three, four hours at our house, and uh, many of you guys have maybe gone through it when it was uh, four weeks in a row. And what this is, these are individuals that have said, hey, I want to learn the, the, the history, vision, values of the church. I want to learn the, where we're going as a church, and I want to be a part of making it happen. This is the group of people that says, hey, I, I've, been, I've been watching kind of in the congregation, but I'm ready to jersey up and get on the field. Put me in. You can count on me, right? And so you can take that off. Some of them are probably going, oh, I feel embarrassed right now. So uh, when God created you, God put you in this time. God put you in this region. God put you in this church family for a reason. For a reason. So what is that? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to unpack this passage. He says, the human body has many parts. Thanks, Paul. Science lesson here. Uh, but the many parts make up one whole body. Yes. Body has parts. Parts have a body. Makes sense. So it is with the body of Christ. So Paul's not giving a bio lesson here. He's saying, so it is that, that the body has parts and the parts have a body and the parts are independent with one another. That is how the body of Christ works, right? So 
I want to play a little game. Uh, so th- we're going to start off easy, and we'll see, kind of test your uh, knowledge here. So uh, this is, we put up the first picture here. Uh, this is, uh, these are elephants, right? If you're like, okay, great. This would be a really easy test. This is, a, this is a group of elephants. Do you know what an, an elephant group is called? A herd. Yeah, some of you guys are like really shy. You're like, I don't, we're going to start off easy. They're going to get a little weirder. Okay, next one. These are lions. Okay, Aslan is on the move. A group of lions is called a what? Pride. Okay, you're getting a little confident. Appreciate it. Okay, next one. These are cheetahs. One of my favorite animals in the world. Uh, these are cheetahs. Second one's a little tired. Uh, cheetahs. Do you know what a group of cheetahs is called? What is it? A trampoline? Cheetah girls? Close. Very close. Uh, it's actually coalition. Coalition. Anybody, anybody actually know that? Anybody? Okay, I'm just curious. Okay, it makes no sense. Uh, next one. These are donkeys. Okay, uh, do you know what a group of donkeys is called? Uh, one of my daughters saw this, and she's like, she had an, a, a guess, uh, and it was not right. It was, it was colorful. Uh, this is a pace, a pace of donkeys. So if you were driving along, and you're like, oh, look, there's a pace of donkeys. You can look very intelligent. Uh, next one, crows. Murder. Okay, you know this because the internet exists, right? You've seen this. A murder of crows, which is so appropriate. Okay, murder of crows. Last one. This is my, this is my favorite one. Vultures. Do you know what a group of vultures is called? This is the best. A group of vultures is called a committee. It's a, it's a true story. You can Google it. I'm not lying to you. All right? It's a committee, which is hilarious, right? Because when I look at them, I think of some committees I've been a part of, right? They're like, no, we're going to vote on the color of the carpet. No, the HOA is going to make this decision, right? Committee of vultures just waiting for you to die. Anyways, okay, so, <clears throat> so, <laughs> so each animal, <laughs> you can take that off, so each animal has an individual identity, right? Every vulture matters. I don't know if that's true, but apparently they uh, every, every, uh, every donkey matters, okay? So when they have it, when they're individuals, they have an identity, but here's what I want to get across. When they get together in a group, they take on a new identity. It doesn't erase their old identity, but it becomes a new part of their identity, right? So what do you call someone that follows Jesus? A Christian. Yeah, Christian, a disciple, a Christ follower, follower of the way, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, I'm not a Christian. I'm a, I'm a follower of the way. I've literally heard people say that. And I was like, come on, man. So anyways, what do you call, do you call a, uh, someone who goes to church or someone who follows Jesus? A Christian, sure. Uh, a Jesus follower. What do you call a group of Christians? The church. This is what you call the church. And we've talked about it so many times. The church is not a building. The word ecclesia means a group, a movement, a people, right? So you guys are the church. This building can burn down. I hope it doesn't. But the building, this building could burn down, and the church still exists. This is why during, during, during the pandemic, during like quarantine season, we're like, hey, the church is shutting down. No, it's not. We're continuing to be the church. We're just not having services, which is... This, does that make sense? So anyways, so when you gather together as a church, 
You've got to realize that you, you become the body of Christ. Every single part plays a role. Each, by design, each part is designed to be active. Every part of your body is designed to be active, to be contributing. Every part of your body is benefiting because of other parts of the body that are so different than that part, right? And so Paul is speaking to us. He's saying that every member of the church is meant to play a role. No inactive limbs. We are his body. So when we feed the poor, when we feed those who need support, we're being his hands. When we take the gospel to those who haven't heard it before, we're being his feet. When we encourage people, when we lift people up, we're his mouth. When we care for people and love his people that are hurting or feel far from him, who feel like they're forgotten, we're his heart. Every single one of us, we're a valuable part of God's body. Every part matters. Paul goes on in verse 14, he says, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of a body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, that's a weird thought, uh, how would you hear? Valid. Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? <laughs> right? Paul's making a really good point. If you're the ear, right, you may get jealous at how much attention the eye gets. Right? Think about it. No one ever has had an ear-to-ear conversation. No one's ever said beauty is in the ear of the beholder. No one's ever looked longingly at someone's ear. Maybe they have. It's weird, right? No one's ever said, you're the apple of my ear. There's no good sayings about ears, right? So if you're an ear, it's really easy to be jealous about the ear. The crazy thing is if you're an ear in that situation, you probably feel like you're not that, that important. And if you said that, and if there was another, not another ear to hear it, no one would even hear it, right? Every part matters. Every single part matters. Your part, your role, your contribution, it matters. It matters. It may look different. It should look different than someone else's contribution. There is so much that I am not good at, right? There's a a million more things I'm not good at than things that I am good at. That's why it takes a body, right? Paul continues in verse 22. He says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary, when I, thought, when I thought about this, I think about some of the most critical roles that are part of this church family never get stage time. And when I think about these people, they don't want stage time. Actually, pulling them up here, if I were to pull some of these people up right now and give them the microphone, they would, like, leave the church. Like, you know what? Forget you, Taka, right? I think about how many times people like Pat and Tiff have met someone in the lobby, met someone new, and talked them up and learned their story and then introduced them to Natalie and I, brought them up front and said, hey, you got to meet Taka and Natalie. I, can't, I think about how many times Raphael has taken people out for, to go out for, for coffee or lunch. There's people smattered throughout this room who have gone out with Raphael and Kathy with no agenda, right? Just to learn stories. I think about Jess Lum helping guests feel welcomed every single Sunday. I think about the cauldrons. Last Sunday, I thought I was getting to church early. I was getting here early. And I was like, I'm going to be one of the first people at church. I'll have to unlock it. And I was nowhere near the first person here. And literally, as I'm pulling up, Roman is walking out with multiple bags of trash from Trunker Street the night before. I'm like, son of a gun. He already beat me and he drove in from Riverside. He already beat me. I come in. Worship team's already, already set up. They're already working on sound and slide stuff in the back. I'm like, Forget it. I'm going to get here at 6 in the morning to beat all these guys to church. I think about Alan and Tony and Tim driving the, all the signs out and setting them up and then tearing them all down. Because hoping, maybe praying, maybe someone driving by, that God would use that sign to maybe go, maybe, maybe today. Maybe today start going uh, to church again. 
I think about Sandy. I think about Arlene and the, the whole team making coffee and uh, the water and all the stuff that we have out there. Keep us hydrated. Keep us energized so that we can make relationships. I think about Tiff putting Engage together. All the back-end stuff, all the logistical, operational stuff to make things happen. I think about Gabriel Sue, who he found out that we needed to get an AED, which is like a defibrillator. And he made it happen and connected us with the right people. And people that he connected with, he essentially fundraised and donated. And over $1,000 towards the cost of the AED uh, was given. And so now we have an AED out in the lobby. I hope we never have to use it. But when, if we do, it's there. To save a life. I think about Pat, Tony, and Alan who, who, started, who are right now starting a safety and security team to help us know what to do in the case of tragedy here at the church, that we're going to be safe, we're going to be secure. I think about the medical team that's going to support that safety and security team so that if anybody has a medical emergency here on a Sunday morning, that they're recovered. You don't want me going, stop bleeding. I don't, like, you know, like, you don't, but you, but we're going to have the right people. I think about Jude putting slides together every week when he gets home from school, right? So that you can, we can have lyrics to sing along with us. You can have verses to read along with. I think about David and Melinda running sound week in and week out so that it's not distracting when, when, when the drums are super high and you can't hear the vocals, like, but it's good. And if you're watching online, they do online sound too, right? I think about all that. You know, their roles, even though they, may, they never take a microphone, their impact is significant. So all you guys are part of God's body. I want to say something, something interesting. You know, did you know like with your hand, do you know where 50% of your grip comes from? What part of your hand? I, I thought it would be a thumb, right? Opposable thumb, like this is kind of what separates us from a lot of different mammals. It's actually your pinky. Do you know this? Amy knows this. She went to school for this. But like us regular people, it's your pinky. 50% of your grip comes from your pinky. Do you know what your uvula is? may not be the first thing you think of. All right, whatever. It's not that, okay? Your uvula is that dangling ball in the back of your throat. Okay, keeps you from choking on stuff, has a lot of good purposes. Do you know what else it does? It creates saliva, okay? A lot, a lot of saliva, okay? So in your lifetime, it's kind of gross, but just, you know, just thank your uvula every once in a while, okay? You know what I mean? Over your lifetime, your uvula, <laughs> I feel so awkward even saying that, but it's like, it is what it's called. Anyways, over your lifetime, your uvula will create two swimming pools full of saliva. Imagine jumping in that. Okay, so that's what your little dangling uvula does. How crazy is that, right? Your, think about <laughs> something you probably never thought about before, your armpit hair, okay? Your armpit hair. A lot of you guys try to get rid of it, and maybe you should. Right, but you know your, what your armpit hair does? Your, your armpit hair, some of you guys are growing it out, braiding it, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat. What your armpit hair does, it diffuses odor as long as you bathe. Well, it might promote odor, okay, but it diffuses odor to help you attract a mate. That is the purpose of your armpit hair. So if you're dating or you're married, you need to look at the person you're with and go, it's because my armpit hair. <laughs> you should thank my armpit hair, right? Anyways, Every part matters, even if it doesn't make any sense. Even if you don't know what they did, they did stuff to benefit your body. Proverbs 6 says, uh, says this. It says, take a lesson from the ant, you lazy bones. I love that, you lazy bones. Learn from your ways, or sorry, learn from their ways and become wise. They have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work. They labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. What's he saying? The writer's saying that, 
Hey, the ants, they don't have anybody going, get up, work. They don't have to be like, like it'd be micromanaged. They don't have to be like whipped to work. They don't have to be even motivated to work. They just work. Why? Because they're part of a community. They know that their work matters. They know that what they do affects the whole community. You never see a line of like ants and just one like chilling on a rock, like going, okay, good job, guys. I'm, I need some me time right now. I'm trying to figure some stuff out, right? Can you bring me a grape or something? Everyone contributes, right? Everyone contributes. So just because what you do is not visible doesn't mean it's not important, right? One of the things that we're really hoping for is that more people come and pray, Pray, because we believe that public miracles happen because of private prayers. We believe that with every part of our soul. And so there's times like Sunday mornings before uh, church, like in 9.50 to 10.10, Raphael leads a, a prayer group, and we just pray in here. And you can pray for the church. You can pray for things around the world. You can pray for your own family. You may maybe need to be in a, in a surrounding where you just sit and kind of just are in the presence of God and just be here, Right? Maybe you're going through a hard time. You just need someone to pray with you or pray for some other people. That's what this place is. But we also have a group of people that we email prayer requests with uh, to throughout the week. We're actually working on something right now on the back end in our church management system to where you can uh, like put in requests for prayer and other people can say, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, so you know people are, are praying for you. So we'll let you know when that comes. But we need more people praying. And you're like, well, I can't, you don't want me to sing. Trust me, if you don't want to sing and you don't, people shouldn't hear you sing on a microphone, we're not going to put you on a microphone. That's not a win for anybody, right? Don't put me on a microphone. Don't put me with kids. Like, it's not a win for your kids, for me, like nobody, right? So, but you can pray. You can pray. How many of you guys have engaged with uh, voice through social media? You heard about voice through social media? You follow voice on social media anyway, right? Do you know who does our social media? We hired this amazing, fr- no, it's not, Natalie does, right? Natalie does. And the so hilarious about that is that Natalie, if she could, uh, would like get off of all social media, right? Like she's like, I just want a dumb phone. That's the opposite of a smartphone. She's like, I just want like a razor, like not a cool new one, but one that just like you have to hit three you know, three times to get an F. You know what I mean? Remember those days? Some of you guys young and you're like, you don't know. You don't know the pain, how long it took to write a simple text message, right? But uh, that's why so many of us dictate. You're like, you make fun of us for dictating. It's because we, our thumbs are tired from typing so much to get one letter. Anyways, so if you've been impacted by social media, uh, you found church through social media, Natalie does, and she would hand it off in a heartbeat. Do you know who does our website? You guys have gone to our website and stuff. Uh, Do you know who does our website? Natalie and I. This is not to brag on us. This is what I'm telling you. It's a miracle. It's a miracle because we don't know what we're doing, guys. Like, and if you go to the website, you're like, yeah, I kind of catch that vibe, right? <laughs> so like, <clears throat> we need help. We need help. So if you're like, I can do social media. I love social media. Some of you guys like really love social media. Dude, this is a place where you can serve, right? If you love website stuff, this, this is a place you can serve. How many of you guys like read lyrics or you're hearing my voice right now, whether you're online or in person, right? Productions team. Yeah, they're like, please, please, right? They're back there so much. They would love to go, I'd love to sit in service one of these times. I'm sure Venus would love like just come in normal time and just sit in service and leave when service is over. But in order for her to do that, she needs some people to step up and go, I can help. I can, run, I can push buttons. I know how words work. I can move stuff back and forth, right? How many of you guys have ever dropped off a kid, hopefully yours, uh, in the kids' ministry, right? <laughs> Not just a random kid you found on the street. So 
we love, you've probably seen a lot of consistent faces out there, right? The reason is because they're serving many of them without being on a consistent rotation. And we want them, sometimes they're maybe 20, 30 feet away, but any of you guys that serve in, in the kids' ministry, you know that might as well be on the other side of the city, right? You don't know what's happening in the church, so we want everyone to be on a constant rotation. We want consistency for the kids, but we want a rotation so that people can still be a part of the church. So if you're going, I'm good with kids. Kids like me. I don't know why. Maybe there's a reason for that. I think about the welcome team, the worship team, the youth leaders, community involvement. There's so many places where you can serve. I think about my story. My story began long before uh, I started going to church. Back a long time ago, in the uh, early 90s, uh, there was a pastor that took over the church that I eventually attended, and his wife really didn't do anything, like for the church, right? And so he's like, hey, there's no youth pastor right now. Would you, uh, would you run the youth for a while? And she's like, I don't want to. Like, literally, she's like, I don't, I don't want to. And he, 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 like, infamously goes, would you just do it for me, babe? Just for, like, six months, just do it for me, babe. And she goes, fine. There was, like, 12 kids in the youth ministry. The church was, like, thousands, but there was, like, 12 kids of, like, bitter kids, like, pastor's kids, like, just bitter. They, they're forced to be there because their parents are there. It's back in, in the day when you were in the church from, like, 7 in the morning till 6 at night, right? So they're, they're all day. They're just really hating life. So she became the youth pastor, and she eventually met a guy named Brian, led Brian to the Lord, mentored Brian. Brian eventually invested into me. He's the one who mentored me, discipled me, taught me how to pray. He would tell you that he's not a good talker, he's not a good speaker, he's a better prayer, right? So if he met you and he's like, oh, I'm a little socially awkward, can I just pray for you? I'm, I'm better at praying than I am at, like, talking socially, right? He's, but he's, he taught me how to invest into people. Literally, I am who I am today. There's people that years later uh, know Brian and they'll, they'll meet me and they'll go, they'll hear me pray and go, do you know a guy named Brian? You pray like him because Brian changed my life. But it all started because this gal, Jeannie, said yes, said yes. And there are literally thousands of people all around the world who have been impacted by her. She had no idea what was on the other side of her yes. And you don't either. I don't either, right? A lot of the people that God uses you to impact will never even know your name. I can't tell you how many people say that when they're, when they're they come to engage or uh, like a class or join a small group, and I say, you know, why are you, why do you call Voice Home? It's a lot of your guys' stories. It's like, because when I came in, the welcome team or the greeters or whatever just made me feel at home. They listened to my story. I wasn't a number. I was a person, right? I came into church and someone invited me to lunch. I went to, I've never been invited to lunch at church, so I went to lunch afterwards and built a relationship, and I'm still here. Every part matters. You are invaluable. You ever have a time where like you, you sleep on your arm and your arm goes to sleep? Or you, you sit weird or maybe you were on your phone too long in the bathroom and your leg goes to sleep? Like a little closer to home, right? And you, 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 like when you, you don't want to like move, right? Because it's, it feels weird. You're like, I'm just not going to touch my arm. I'm not going to try to walk, right? Or you're, you're standing on the, like, on the vanity like this waiting for your, your leg to come back to life. And it's really like, it's like not even a helpful part of your body at first. It's actually a detriment. You're like, just cut it off. Just, just cut it. We'll just, we'll figure it out, right? Or, and then, it, then when you start to use it, it slowly starts to wake up. And then it feels like, like a kind of a, like a dead leg. And then it's like painful, you know, where the pins and needles stage, you like, just got to push through. Got to push through because you know that it'll eventually get better. Can I be honest? Some of you in the church, some of you guys watching online, you're asleep. You're part of the church body, 
but you're asleep, and I get it. I get it. You don't know I, I, where, where, where do I even start? And it's going to be painful at times to start because you're going to have to push past your comfort zone. You're going to be like, uh, I'm gonna, you, you want me to talk to people, right? Like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. I'm curious about it, but I, it's going to be, I'm going to have to push, like, into my, in, my insecurities. It's going to be, I don't want to, I'm going to have to wake up at what time? On Sunday? I don't, I, I don't want to do that, right? It's like, if I'm honest, like, I, I want to think of an excuse, but I just, I just don't want to do it, Right? But you know, I know, and any volunteer here will tell you, if you push past that dead leg season, if you push past the awkward season, if you push past the painful moments where you have to push into your comfort zones or out of your comfort zones, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. You're going you're gonna, to, church goes from something that you go to to something that you're a part of, right? So you're a valuable part of this body. You have something unique to offer. Church isn't a building you go to. Church is us. And so you may have a lot of reasons why you're disqualified. And God has a lot, a, a long history of working with people that are broken, that are full of doubt and fear, with a bunch of history. People have no training from the wrong side of the tracks. This is who God picks. Look at the first 12 that he picked. They weren't the A team, right? They were us. There were people that were going, I'm really not as great as all of them, but I'm available, right? So, what would you do? Or what, what do you think would happen? What would you think would happen if every part of the body, every part of, of, every, of every person that calls Voice Church home was engaged in the mission of Voice Church? What would happen if every single person that's part of the body here would realize that your presence matters, your contribution matters, your gift matters, your story matters, your talents matter? What do you think would happen if everyone that calls Voice home would step up and be a part of what you were uniquely gifted to do? What would happen if you realized that God saved you from something? Yes, but he saved you for something, too. To do work, but to do work that matters, that really matters. That's not just for the accumulation of stuff, but work that matters. What would happen if you realized that you were invaluable, that what you do makes a difference, that your contribution makes a difference, that your investment makes a difference of your time, your talents, See, we can only do as a church, as a church, we can only do what God has called us to do if every member, if every part of the body is engaged, if every part of the body is awake and active. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, no shame, no guilt, but a little bit of pressure, okay? A little bit of healthy pressure. Okay, this is my mom dumping water on your head, okay? It's time to wake up. All right, so because I want something for you because on the other side of this is a life well lived. On the other side of this is life change. On the other side of this is people's lives, family trees being forever changed. On the other side of this is what you really want, right? But it's going to be uncomfortable. I get it. Everything worth doing is. No one's ever said, you know, how did you become an Olympic athlete? Man, I just did whatever was most comfortable in the moment. How do you make a difference in this world? How do you live a life well lived? I just did what I wanted to do in the moment, every time. Come on, man. That's how you end up as a 50-year-old in your, in your mom's basement. Okay, that's not how you make a difference in this world. And the person that impacted you, you're, you're not here because of a flyer. You're not here because of a website. My guess is you can name names, right, of people that impacted your life. 
They said yes. They pushed past comfort zones. They pushed past their insecurities. And you are here because of it. Your life has been forever changed because of it. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. So we're going to have a dream team fair out there. It's, fair makes it sound a lot bigger. There's no like donkey rides or anything. It's just, it's, it's like five tables, okay? So like there's no petting zoo next time, okay? We'll have a petting zoo. But the dream team fair out there is just a wafer on your way out if you're not a part of a dream. Dream team is what we call volunteers around here, okay? So because they're the team that makes the dream happen. Anyway, so that's it's really true. So if you're not actively serving anywhere, can I double dog dare you to just try a team? Try a team. And you're like, well, I don't know. Talk to the person at the booth at that table and ask them questions. And here's what we promise you. If you go join a team and you're like, I did this for three weeks, this is not a fit. Awesome. Try a different team, right? You don't write off serving. You've all gotten bad haircuts, right? Somebody gets a bad haircut, right? I'm just kidding. So, but we've all gotten bad. You didn't write off haircuts. You've had bad meals. We've all gone to Carl's Jr. We're just kidding. But you don't give up on food. Some of you guys took that personally because I know some of you guys remember that really like Carl's Jr. Anyways, but you don't give up on that. It's worth it. It's worth it. So try a team. If it's not a good fit, try another team. If it's not a good fit, try another team. We're committed. The, the staff here, the leadership, the volunteers, the volunteer leaders, we're all committed to helping you find a team that's at the intersection of your gifts and passions right? Kind of GPS, your gifts and passions, where that is at the intersection. That's where we'll help you find a great team, okay? So your contribution matters. You are invaluable to what God is doing here. So ball's in your court. Ball's in your court. But I double dog dare you to not leave without signing up. We're not trying, I'm not trying to get something from you guys. I'm really not. This is not like a timeshare presentation. Like I'm not trying to get something from you. Ask anybody who serves on a regular basis if they regret it. When you see volunteers, the reason why they get here early and they hang out and they stay late, it's not it's long after their stuff is done. They're hanging out. Why? Because they have friends. Because they're not attending a service. They're part of a body. Right? That's what we want to invite you into. Try to invite you into the party. Or invite you into the family. So don't feel guilt. Don't feel shame. Don't feel like, well, I guess I can't come anymore unless I'm serving. No. I want something for you. Trust me. It's good. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be painful. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So with that, let me pray for you. God, I just, oh, God, if there's anything I said that's in any way pressure and guilt and condemnation, God, I pray, would you strike that from our minds? That's not the message we want to communicate, God. God, you invited disciples onto a journey that will forever change their life and forever change the world. And you're still inviting people today. So right now, would you invite us on an adventure to live a life well-lived, to live a life doing work that matters. God, we thank you for it. For those of us that are following you, we thank you for the people that invest into our lives. And if you can use us, if you can use us, to impact someone else's life, man, we are game. We are in. Help us to know which team. God, I pray you would orchestrate all the connections. Help us find the right teams. Our future friends, that we don't even, we don't even know each other's names yet, but we're going to be friends. We thank you for it. We submit everything to you. Would every, every ounce of energy, every minute we have serving you, God, would that be worship? 
Happy worship. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.